You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards and Doug Branson. You can find all of our handles over the show notes, including ours as a show at Locked On Hornets, which is on most social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as well. You can find the most social media platforms. We have Keith Smith on today of Real GM. Celtics blog also hosts a podcast, the front office show that you can find on Apple Podcasts. So a good get. Keith Smith coming on with us today. We're trying to implement a lot of these interviews coming on Thursdays as we do have Tuesdays with Rick. Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer has so graciously allowed us to speak to him on Tuesdays. So now we will try to get some of these other national guys and some other Hornets guys that we can try to talk to on Thursdays. So happy to have him along uh, here coming up in the second segment. And first, we want to start off with a funny from Frank. Not too many good things surrounding Frank Kaminsky these days. So Frank is a funny guy on Twitter, at least. No, this isn't funny. This is dry snitching. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. It's still pretty funny that the Charlotte Hornets were able to tweet it out. So just real quickly, the uh, Charlotte Hornets apparently gave their players a questionnaire and a pretty simple questionnaire, just the player name, the birthday, yada, yada, a bunch of other stuff. But among a couple of the other questions that were asked, Frank Kaminsky tweeted out the Charlotte Hornets questionnaire as asking them the player's name and birthday. Their wife's name and birthday, uh-huh. and not or, but and their girlfriend's name and birthday. Oh, so you have a wife and a girlfriend tab for a lot of these players. Frank Kaminsky coming straight out and tweeting that from the Charlotte Hornets. Not so, wife or girlfriend. Right, it's, it's wife and, and right. then girlfriend. So just uh, it's just normal information. Yeah, what's your name? Yeah, what's your wife's name? Oh, and and what's your girlfriend's name too? So just real quick, let me let me get that name. Yeah, exactly. Just let me get both of those. Yeah, it's trying to catch them all snitching. And then I wonder if the wives came up with this. I wonder if the wives actually got into the PR staff for the Charlotte Hornets and said, you know what, let's try to catch them slipping. Nada, you said dry snitching. Yes. Now, is there a difference between dry snitching and wet snitching? Is wet snitch, Does wet snitching exist? Wet snitching, I will say this. Wet snitching is essentially they got you on something. And you know what? You're going to just cop to that and that alone. But what Frank is doing is he's revealing the game to people that really don't need to know the game. I mean, we could talk about my dating stuff around here. And again, basically me being single. But you know what? You guys save me from myself. Right. I would suggest that Frank save his teammates and his organization from him themselves. But no, look at what Frank did right here. You know, it's dry snitching. You know what's funny? That oddly made sense to me. I don't know about you, Doug. You're the one that asked the question, but that made sense to me at least. Are you? Did you take the notes down? Yeah. Well, yeah. Dry snitching. Got it. It's snitching when you didn't have to snitch. It's it's admitting adultery to the Wendy's <laughs> drive-through. Yes. You didn't just, need to do right. that. No, all she did was she just asked for your order. She just asked if you wanted a cheeseburger or not, and you gave her the whole shebang. You right. let her know what was going on in your own personal life. No, thank you. We're learning here with Nada Edwards today. He gives you more than just great Hornets analysis. Well, along with Frank Kaminsky, who, again, we said not too many good things surrounding Frank, at least after that preseason game three against the Miami Heat, Frank Kaminsky getting kind of worked out of the rotation, at least if the trend continues from that Miami Heat game. Again, seven minutes, 50 seconds 
seconds for Frank, closed the game. The only three meaningful minutes that he got with the Heat was when he got benched immediately for Billy Hernan Gomez. He played three. Again, I think that yeah. was the first rotation, the first subgroup that they had in that game against the Miami Heat. And then that was basically all the meaningful basketball. If there is such a thing in preseason that you saw from him against Miami. Exactly. It's, that's most of his minutes. And he was, he's been ineffective in three straight games right now. Now, granted, ineffective in three straight games is otherwise known as November for Frank. But at the same time, you're trying to make an impression. You put a lot of why you were ineffective last year on the coaching staff, and now you haven't shown up. Yeah, and that's something interesting. Like, How much do you want Steve Clifford here now? Because at least he did have you pretty solidly in the rotation, barring one game against Orlando where he just couldn't take you anymore, and he sat you on the bench. At least you did get some pretty solid minutes throughout the entire season. So we didn't talk about what you do with Frank Kaminsky a whole lot yesterday. We did discuss his game against Miami and what that means just big picture as far as this particular team. But if they do decide to move on from Frank, what are the avenues that you take? Not a, I know you've mentioned that possibly you could waive him, that you could just let go of Frank altogether. I do think that there is value with Frank to be had. It's not a whole lot. I don't, I don't think it's crazy, but I do think that there is some kind of value. See, that's the thing. Everyone thinks that there's value outside of trade filler. And again, if we're just talking about straight trade filler, I agree with you. But if you're hoping to get any kind of second rounder, I don't think a guy like Frank can be fixed. There is no Will Smith, I am legend fixing Ah, but him. you don't. You don't. True. But you do not have the brains of these GMs who think they can fix anything, as well as the head coaches who think they can fix anything. And I would be willing to bet that GMs and head coaches would look at a seven-footer who shot 38% from three last year, who also happens to just make $3.6 million for just one more year, I would imagine that there would be maybe a second rounder, maybe two second round picks, a prospect type guy that they're ready to give up on at some point where maybe Mitch Kupchak and Borrego thinks they can fix. I could see that kind of deal happening. I, I think Frank Kaminsky, believe it or not, is too valuable to just waive. But again, I just think he has a little bit of trade value to the extent of maybe a second round pick or two and a prospect that another team is willing to give up on. I get that. And first things first, let's let, let's establish something. I've established that my brain is broken and I am weird in many ways. The other thing True. is, I, like, I, maybe someone else sees it. And, and it's probably that I am biased. Well, you're a Hornets fan. You can't speak above. You cannot take yeah. a back seat. And take his look around at whatever what, what's all gone on in Frank's tenure here, and and we'll we'll get to some other Frank comments from our, our Twitter listeners from our listeners on Twitter earlier um, earlier I guess what yesterday they brought those questions in and we'll we'll get to those later on. But again, Frank has been here a few years now. It was a senior at, at Wisconsin when he mm -hmm. was drafted, so it's not like you got one of these one and done guys in the lottery. He was an older college basketball player that came here, so you. I mean, I don't know if there's any other ceiling that you're looking at. Like, you see some pretty drastic improvements from some of these younger guys. Yeah. Frank was a senior. We already saw a huge explosion, I believe, from his sophomore to junior year at Wisconsin. Yeah. We saw a big, significant growth in him. And we see players at his age level and his experience level be moved for assets. I mean, we have one on the team right now in Billy Hernan Gomez. I mean, he was, he was let go from the Knicks for two second-round picks, which – this team, I think, is established. Second round picks, very valuable to them now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. this, this Boy, has regime. that changed with yeah. Rich Cho. Rich Cho gave them away like they were candy. Like he didn't even want them anymore. And right. now he's now he's got them 
And now Mitch Kupchak is the guy that wants all of these second rounders all over the place. So what was it? Two second rounders and Johnny O'Brien. So that's a prospect type of player. So that gives you some, I guess, indication of what could be had possibly if you if you found a team that that bought into the idea that Frank Kaminsky has a skill set that is in demand shooting at the five spot and maybe had some pieces that could shelter him defensively. Like it's it's believe it or not, we're actually going to say he's more athletic than somebody in this example. But Ryan Anderson, a a more slight mobile, <laughs> slight a more mobile Ryan Anderson, who is considered a unwanted piece because of his monster contract. But you don't have that here with Frank. Like you you do have somebody that can shoot, who is younger than Ryan Anderson, and also doesn't have the contract that he brings. And let's just say this too, like offensively, he has added new moves. He has added pieces to his offensive game that he did not possess when the Hornets first drafted him. He's got some Dirk Nowitzki-esque maneuvers in the paint to try and score and use that height to shoot over people. So he he has improved since since he was drafted. If that were not the case, then I think his value would be completely zero. Yes or no, do you guys think Frank Kaminsky is on this team at the midway point of the season? No. No. Gone? Gandhi for Frank? I don't think he Man. makes it past yeah. November. Kind of. What, what, what were you guys saying before the Miami game? Would that, that question even arise in your head before the Miami game? Yes. I mean, I think you would have to consider him and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I think we talked about this in the offseason. Those were two of sort yeah. of the, the hot seat players. I think MKG, uh, you know, now that we know that his role has shifted and will probably continue to shift through the year, I think to me, his his value, I can see it on that bench. But Frank, not so much. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I think that Miami game told us a lot about what Frank could be doing for the Charlotte Hornets team or even another team in the NBA. Shout out to Jeff and Warren, who just became $3 members on our Patreon page. Thank you for your support oh, yes. of the best daily Hornets talk in Charlotte. Every dollar goes to making this a better show. So once again, thank you to Jeff and Warren, who just signed up. Patreon.com slash LOH. That's where you go to get access to exclusive contests and giveaways, including tickets and bobbleheads we'll take a quick break on the other side of that will be keith smith of real gm and the celtics blog the front office talk show he's got a bunch of million things he's doing so we appreciate him taking the time out of his busy schedule to join us up next on the lockdown hornets podcast this is locked on hornets Charlotte, how you- strong is an ox are we i think we're overrating the ox uh, we are I, not overrating I, the I ox. Need to see, I need mm. to see some medicals on the ox. Yeah, why don't you do the research on that? You put your lab glasses on. You take a look at it. I wonder if there's mouth. anything on the internet. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked on Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards and Doug Branson. We'll head to the guest line now and welcome Keith Smith, who contributes for Real GM, Celtics blog, and is also host of the Front Office Show. You can find him on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA, and you can find his Front Office Show podcast on Apple Podcasts. Keith, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate you joining us, Keith. And among the many things that you've done, you, you do a lot of things. I think my favorite 
is your frequent interaction with, or used to be frequent interaction with Eric Jr. on Twitter. And for those who <laughs> don't know, Eric Jr. is actually one of Brian Colangelo's wife's burner accounts. So Keith, a frequent inter- a frequent guy who interacted with Eric Jr. Keith, how, uh, do you have a favorite interaction with Eric Jr. that you can remember from that crazy time? Uh, no, you know, what's funny is it's one of those things where I, I'm probably a little too active on Twitter for some of my followers, <laughs> and, and you, you kind of don't realize sometimes unless somebody you know, really sticks out to you. And it was one of those things where I didn't really – it never occurred to me until after it all went down and people started sending me screenshots and the like. And, <laughs> you know, so it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> and I remember also you tweeting that you weren't able to parlay that into a job, knowing that Eric Jr. No, was actually. No, unfortunately, <laughs> no. I could have yeah. worked a little harder at that. No, maybe you could have, but we appreciate you staying on with Real GM, and you can be a guest on our podcast. So we'll get to it here with the Charlotte Hornets and some other things going on in the NBA. Keith, you also, like I said, you contribute to the Celtics blog. You can find them on Twitter at Celtics Blog. So Boston played the Hornets in the first couple of preseason games to start us off. What's something that jumped out to you on Charlotte's side, Keith? Uh, Miles Bridges, um, he was just, you know, super active. He did a lot of things, you know, some of the shots were done, not always great, but, you know, he's a guy who I, I didn't know what to expect for him because there's a, there, there's a lot of guys at that wing position that can fill that role for Charlotte this year. And, and I wasn't sure, you know, how much he would play and if he'd be behind guys, but I think he's going to be one of those guys who plays so hard that it's going to be impossible for the coaching staff to not have him on the floor. He you know, did a lot of nice things. He's somebody I was really high on pre-draft and it's good to see those things kind of coming to the forefront now. No, he's done a fantastic job here. I think everybody's ready to put him in the Hall of Fame down here in Charlotte. It's been a while. <laughs> well, it's it's been a while, right, since they've had a real draft pick besides Kimba that they've been able to get behind in. Finally, Keith, it looks like we've got somebody here in, in Miles Bridges, at least in the preseason, and, and I'll transition to Kimba, Keith. He's made it known that he wants to be here, but again, you never know what could happen as the season progresses. In your opinion, what's the smartest thing to do with Kimba if you're the Charlotte Hornets? Yeah, it, it, a lot of people have thrown out the idea of, well, they should do an extension with him. That just doesn't make sense for Kemba Walker because he can get more money as a free agent this summer. So what I would do is see if you can have a year that gets you back in playoff contention, which I know that's the hopes there, and, and they, they should be. You know, As long as they're healthy, there's no reason they can't make the playoffs in the East or make at least a really good run at it. And then after that, it's probably going to have to be, you know, look at re-signing Kemba Walker, you know, and you're hoping at that point that you're going to get him on a, let's call it somewhat team friendly deal. If you can keep it, you know, in that 18 to $20 million range, that's a huge win for the Hornets uh, for a first year starting salary. And then you, you kind of go forward from there because there's just a lot of other contracts on the roster right now that they, they've got to kind of work themselves out of before you can do much else. If things go really south, then it's probably time to look at a trade and really look at, all right, how are we going to build this thing going forward around some of the other younger players? But, you know, it's Kemba Walker. You can't give up on the best player on the team at this point. Yeah, Keith, what's your overall assessment of this Hornets roster as it looks right now in hopes of actually getting into that eighth spot for a playoff spot? 
Yeah, I, I think that they've got a great chance. I, you know, when you look at it, it, you're talking about competing with the Detroit of the world, and you know, maybe, maybe the Clevelands if they if everything goes right for them, and in those sorts of teams. And I don't see any reason why the Hornets can't be right in that mix and just as good. They've got you know a lot of good players. Cody Zeller's healthy. We've all you know seen over the last few years. Him being healthy and available makes a huge difference to their roster. So I think that's, you know, something that's going to be, be big for them. I think it just, it, the roster makes sense a little bit more now, if that's a, a way I can put it, where you've got guys kind of in what seem like pretty defined roles and they know what they're doing. And that goes a long way towards being successful. Sometimes it's the, the carryover as long as guys are healthy goes a long way. That kind of consistency and that continuity from year to year can be really big. And I think that's what the Hornets are banking on this season. And Keith, uh, just looking at the Eastern Conference, which team do you see as probably the most overhyped or overrated going into this season? Uh, boy, that's kind of a uh, tough one. I, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's people are throwing a lot of love at the top three teams, Boston, Toronto, and Philadelphia. And it's just a guarantee. One of those three is probably not going to perform up to, up to expectations right now. I lean towards most likely that being Toronto. I love Kawhi Leonard, but they just didn't do anything else with that roster. And it's a roster that is really, it's kind of underachieved at times. They've got some aging players that they might not be what people think they are. You know, or what they have been for the past few years. And they didn't do a lot to replace the guys that they lost. So obviously adding Kawhi is huge, but their backup big man position, it's really Pascal Siakam and not much else uh, there. And that could be a problem because Jonas Valanciunas, while he tends to stay healthy, the guy regularly plays himself in a foul trouble. And not having Jakob Pertl behind him this year could really hurt the Raptors. Keith Smith joining us now on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA and continuing the NBA discussion here, Keith. And I was found it interesting. The GM survey came out and Carl Anthony Towns dropped from the leading vote getter when GMs were asked who they would like to start their team around just last year. Leading vote getter, I believe, at like 29 percent. And this year he's not even listed as a top option anywhere. Uh, why do you think such the decline happened to him? Yeah, my, my guess is people are, you know, they're letting the influence of, you know, maybe not the hardest worker, maybe not the best guy in the locker room, those kind of things. Maybe that influenced it a little bit. But I think people are also looking at it as he is now seen as a one side of the floor player. He hasn't improved enough defensively. And I think GMs look at it as if you're calling this the guy you're going to build around for the next five years or whatever period you want to put on it, you want that guy to be a two-way player and play on both ends of the floor. And Carl Anthony Towns so far has shown he's really only going to play on the offensive end and hasn't improved enough as a defender to garner that respect. And Keith, of course, they have the drama going on up there in Minnesota with Jimmy Butler right now. What do you think ultimately happens with him? Yeah, they're going to have to move them. You just cannot go into the season with this. I know there's, you know, it, it seems like every day we get a report of they're close, and then that's followed by a, but Tom Thibodeau wants to see if he can repair it and keep them around. And that's the problem when your coach and your GM are the same guy. They're just, they're, those are two jobs that don't, 
they, they work it sometimes and have to work in opposite directions. And when your coach is there, he wants to win now and that's not going to happen. So they're, they're going to have to get something done. My guess uh, from all reporting and things I've heard myself is it's got to be the Miami heat. It's just settling on the right deal parameters and whether that involves bringing in a third team or if they can just get something done straight up. But I would be shocked if this is not done within the next you know week or so at the very most, because you're going to want to get these guys into the new spots with at least a week or so of practice ahead of the first regular season games. And Keith, up in Boston, you do have a situation where Kyrie Irving will enter free agency at the end of this season. Is there any real fear that Boston could be without Kyrie Irving after the season is done? Well, if you talk to Boston fans, there absolutely are because they they go to the negative on everything. (laughs) It's just the way the (laughs) city works. It's, uh, you know, it, it, you, you would think after the amount of, you know, success they've had across all sports teams that they might be a little more positive, but it's just, it's never been that way. That's where I grew up. You, you accept that after a while. So they, they, they do have fear until, you know, he is signed and locked in. They're going to be afraid that he's going to move on and go elsewhere. So that's something to worry about. Now, realistically, probably not. It, it, it seemed like it was, you know, maybe there was rumors of the Knicks and those kind of things and teaming up somewhere with Jimmy. Butler, but Kyrie, to his credit, has shot all of that down. He said all the right things about Boston's where he wants to be, and this is what he wants to do going forward. So I think it is likely. And in, in the end, money almost always wins out in the NBA, and the Celtics can pay him considerably more than any other team can. Keith, uh, looking out to the Western Conference, and we've seen that LeBron joined the Lakers, are there any massive flaws that you see going on with that team? Uh, yeah, they, they're just going to be a wreck defensively. They, they don't have enough, you know, interior defense. It, it's, you know, I, I get that they're going to play Kyle Kuzma and Michael Beasley as the backup five men, and that's fine. That's probably actually a strength offensively, but you're not going to stop anybody defensively. They, these guys are, it, what's going to be a shame is you're going to see guys kind of get after it on the perimeter because LeBron can still defend when he wants to. Contavious Caldwell Pope's a good defender. Rajon Rondo, when he's, you know, motivated and ready to go but then if they get beat it's really JaVale McGee at the rim or nothing and that's going to be a challenge for the Lakers but you know they're they're going to play an up-tempo fun style you know for us East Coast guys which I am you know like you guys that 10:30 window sometimes can be a slog when those teams are really bad at least now the Lakers give us an interesting game late at night. Keith, last question before we get you out of here. Melo going to the Rockets. Rockets already a very good team last year, but lose some two uh, defensive pieces with Ariza and Mute. What do you think of the Rockets this season, and do they have a real chance to knock off Golden State as the reigning champ? Yeah, I'm not quite as doom and gloom as some other people have been. I, I want to see how Carmelo fits there. Uh, all, all reports are that he seems to be a little bit accepting of a lesser role, which he hadn't been, obviously, with the Knicks, and then somewhat not really there with Oklahoma City last year either. But I think having Chris Paul in his ear every day is getting that built up. I really love the James Ennis acquisition for them. I think he's a guy who's kind of flown under the radar to this point in his career, and I think he's a really good player who fits in perfectly with what they're going to ask him to do, which is defend and shoot three-pointers, which is what he does well. So they, they're they're going to be fine in the regular season. They're going to win a whole bunch of regular season games. What's going to be the challenge for them is come playoffs. They have enough bodies to throw at Golden State to make them worried. You need a bunch of guys that are between six foot five and say six foot nine to throw at the Warriors and make their their incredible um, wing talent work. And I'm just not sure Houston has those bodies. But if we know one thing with Daryl Morey, what we see 
see today, this is not the finished roster. He's got something that he's going to work out as the season goes along up until the trade deadline. So they'll get the pieces they need. They'll, they'll make it competitive again. All right. Great stuff. That was Keith Smith of Real GM, Celtics blog, and the front office show. You can find him on Twitter with your real account or your burner account at Keith Smith NBA. <laughs> Keith, thanks so much for joining us. Have a good rest of your day, man. Absolutely. Thanks. Hey, and I'll take all the followers I can get, real or otherwise. <laughs> I, I, I think we all will, Keith. Thanks so much. We'll take a quick <laughs> break and go to some listener questions on Twitter. It's Walker Mail, Nada Edwards, and Doug Branson on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Nature's first green is gold. Her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaps a flower, but only so an hour. Hmm. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sank to grief, so dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. We need the boys to mend with that now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Great segment with Keith Smith. Again, you can find him on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. Great segment. Thought. At least both of us, at least two of us, showed up to work during that segment. I think I threw some just fantastic questions at him. Nada, great job. Overrated, underrated, boom. Fantastic question. Classic. Didn't think of it. I mean, just classic I didn't, radio. I didn't classic think radio. Oh my god, that was a fantastic one. Also, oh, you broke news on LeBron signing yeah, with the yeah, Lakers. Lakers, that was Lakers question. LeBron James. <laughs> what question should we ask? Hello, it is the most famous basketball player out there right now. Let's get exactly. a question on him. And we came and we showed up and we conquered. And yeah, some of us are. Like hating from the bench while Doug, scoring 50. Doug decided to sit this one out. Yes, how you doing over there? Working up a sweat? Uh, yeah, right? actually. You working up a sweat over there? I'm over here taking. The I'm over here taking notes like a good producer. I got a whole book full. They better of be notes. good. They better be as good as our questions were. Or what are the notes, Doug? Did if you, you guys, got notes, let's hear. Do you guys hear him talk about Carl Anthony Towns? Oh no. Oh man, perfect analysis. Oh, not positive thoughts. Positive thoughts. Nah, nah, I got you. Yeah, very good. He, apparently, he doesn't have a great catitude. No, no, you're right. That's what I've never. I haven't heard anyone with that analysis. That's great. Are you done? Uh, needs yeah. more movement on defense. <laughs> we all no, knew that. No, we did. We. It's it's obvious. I just want the record to show that Doug did this unprompted. No one better be blaming me for it. <laughs> enabling this no sorry no it was great it's great stuff all right he also talked about the the playoffs that the uh the the charlotte hornets in his mind a playoff team no that's good about playoffs my nipples get hard (laughs) they were that's good stuff from him at thinking of that the charlotte hornets are going to be so we do at least have some national pundit out there thinking that the hornets and again are going to be a playoff team talking with josh lloyd doing the fantasy basketball preview Mm -hmm. before the season started he thought that the hornets would hit the over i believe it was set at 35 and a half 36 something like that so if they hit the over you would imagine they're at least battling for a playoff spot it does look like this is a roster that should be contending for an eight spot keith smith thinks the same i mean me and you talked about it what tuesday I think if you put this akin to spades, and I'm not sure that Doug has actually played spades in his life, <laughs> there's about four and a possible. More of this. a hearts guy. Oh, good God. <laughs> but it's four and, a, four and a possible here with this team. Now, can you walk a couple of jack of spades, maybe even a queen of hearts, jack of hearts? If you can walk a couple of those things, there's a playoff team. All right, before we cattailed off there, we're going to get to Doug on some more comments. Go ahead, Doug. 
He had some clawsome uh, comments on Miles Bridges. <laughs> Plays so hard, it's impossible for a coaching staff not to play him. I it, thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's impossible if you wanted some help on that one. Yeah, it's uh, Carl. Yeah, there you go. P A W S able. Uh, I think you have Carl or Miles Bridges, a guy. Look, everybody is jumping on board. You know what's funny? Mm-hmm. You'd see it on Twitter, and we didn't see this with Malik Monk. We didn't see this with a whole lot of other rookies that the Charlotte Hornets have drafted. National NBA Twitter is kind of going a little kooky for Miles Bridges as well. Yes. Like they, they love the dunks. They love the swats. You see NBA TV tweeting it out. You see a bunch of pretty big accounts tweeting out what Miles Bridges has done this preseason. It's not helping the hype over here in Charlotte. Yeah, and some of us had to write a national article for it for Dime Magazine. That's right. Self promotion, shameless sure. self promotion. No, this right is now. your show, man. This is your show. You can. There's no shame in it. Uh, the same thing happened to Donovan Mitchell, by the way. And there were the same questions about Donovan Mitchell that that will probably start to rotate around Miles Bridges. Okay, Uh-oh. we see the highlights. Can he back it up? Can he put a? You know, is he going to get more minutes as a result of this? And can he put up numbers to back it up? Donovan Mitchell did. Can Miles Bridges do that? I think that Miles Bridges is going to have the same years Donovan Mitchell compared with that. If, if that's the same thing, right? We're going to have the same exact thing. I think. I don't. Well, I know. I, I'm. You may be playing a little coy here, but I. I yes, don't think it's out of the realm of possibility <laughs> to have that. Yeah, I would love it. Obviously, if it would be Donovan Mitchell, that'd be great. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm here for Miles Bridges <laughs> exercising any of the we could have had Donovan Mitchell demons. No, that would be good. That would certainly soften the blow from the Donovan Mitchell passing on him instead getting Malik Monk, it which would, I still like Malik Monk. It would certainly be great for this front office. And I'll just say that in my mind, Miles Bridges has that same confidence, that same intensity, and that same swagger. When he checked out of the game against the Miami Heat for the final time, when he went to the bench, he gave the bench a little shimmy. I mean, the dude just, he, he loves playing basketball. He's playing super hard right now. And it's 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 going to be hard for the coaching staff to not play him significant minutes, and it's going to be even harder for fans not to get super hyped about this guy. Any really detailed notes that you got over there since you worked so hard on that segment? Uh, Kemba, the saying the extension doesn't make sense for Kemba. Now, that's Agreed. something I think if you haven't been paying close attention to this whole Kemba will, he won't, he you may have missed that it doesn't really make sense for Kemba to sign an extension. It doesn't mean he won't, but it doesn't make sense financially for him to do that. So he could explore free agency even though he wants to remain in Charlotte. He has to really love Charlotte, right? I mean, that would show it, right? It, yeah. it, 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 he has to really love being in the city of Charlotte and playing for this particular organization to turn down a lot of the money that he could get elsewhere. I love Kemba Walker. I love the Hornets. <laughs> His agent should be fired on the spot if he signs an extension. Fired on the spot. I mean, if it's what Kemba wants, then no, okay. no, 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 but, no, no. I mean, I'm fired on get, the spot. I'm, I'm signing the extension. Help. Start writing for Charlotte agenda. I'll read you every day, Kemba. We will all read you every day. Charlotte Agenda will get a ton of subscribers. We would absolutely make it worth your while. Anything else, Doug? Is that good? Is that it? Oh, that's all the notes. Toronto, most overhyped team in the East. That was interesting. Yeah, I think Toronto's going to be good, obviously. And so does he, but it's just maybe a little overhyped for them. Like, how would you rank it? If you did a ranking of the top three teams in the East, what would you guys go right now? I would go Boston, Philly. Indiana. I'd have and oh whoa oh okay no Toronto. You're filling Keith on that. I I am with him on that. I think Toronto is going to take some time to get adjusted. I would honestly say after watching them last night, I'd put Milwaukee four. Hot take, nada. Coming in with Toronto, but you're saying right now, right now as we sit here today, Toronto is going to be the fifth seed. Fifth seed, four five matchup. Toronto, Milwaukee. Do we still have the hot take machine? 
I mean, he did, he delivered that a little, Luke. <laughs> I don't think it's all that crazy. I, no, Toronto no, be- boy, it's got to pop. It's got to pop. You know, we got to help you. Know. <laughs> All right, now just, deliver it hotter. All right, deliver it hotter. Please, I want it hot. I want it in front of me right now. I can't wait to just gobble this hot take up. Go ahead. Kawhi Leonard is going to not only stay in Toronto, but he's going to lead them to the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. Wait, that was, okay, that's, that was a weird angle. You don't know how this works. <laughs> I don't, don't deliver how- hot takes. Uh, it's got to be natural for me. None of this is natural. That was a weird angle to take. It seemed like you were going to go in on Kawhi Leonard, but instead you said because of Kawhi, they're going to get all the way to the bottom, uh, the fifth seed. That's, it was like a reverse. It was. It was a reverse hot pocket. It was hot on the outside and then cold on the inside. It was, yeah, it was a reverse yeah, hot what? pocket. Yeah, it, I just microwaved it a little All bit. right, I, I would have Toronto being the second seed. I have Boston being number one, Toronto being number two, and I have Philly being the third seed. No shooting. Once again, I just think that hurts them a little bit. I have them as the third. Believe in Fultz, man. All right, let's go. Doug, who's your top three? Top three is going to be Boston, number one, Philly, number two, and then I'll say Toronto, three. I know that Keith mentioned Pascal Siakam as, as sort of a negative for them, but I mean, the depth that that team showed last yeah. year was part of their power, and and they didn't lose a ton of that depth. Now, the question is, did they play, pay, play above their pay grade last season and will regress? We'll have to see. Yeah, uh, interesting enough to see what's going to happen on in, in the Eastern Conference this Coutinho year. There's some Mobley, Steve Francis, to the DeMar DeRozan, um, Kyle Lowry friendship, so I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Lowry falls off this year. Now, Kyle Lowry not exactly happy. and he We've been let, calling for Kyle Lowry to fall off for four years now. He's it hasn't happened. He's immune. He's immune to father we'll time. See. He might be the one guy. How about that? We didn't look in Toronto, but there it is. It's the fountain of youth. Kyle Lowry possesses it. And we've watched him, and we haven't realized it. We've got some listener comments we wanted to get to here today, but we just don't have enough time. Send more. So we'll try to get to them tomorrow. Some fun stuff. Michael on Twitter. Also, we do have Panthers Mafia on Twitter uh, tweeting at us a couple of questions. So some good stuff from them. We'll try to get to it tomorrow, including a couple of the best dunkers. I want to get to that. That should be fun stuff on a fun Friday here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for listening to us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Keith Smith, who joined us here today. And we will be back with you tomorrow on a Friday. See you guys.